right. And we're golden. It's you. We both it's did my, that. It's my baby face, Nick Zyla. There we go. Oh, it's so good to see you, brother. You too, buddy. Yeah. Not not just passing you in a car in Hamilton. There. <laughs> no lie, I thought you were my cousin. Right. You, and you wearing those sunglasses and just mm. you have the exact same face and everything. I was like, why is my cousin in Hamilton? Which like. Why were you in Hamilton at that <laughs> It was just such a, a weird happenstance to, like, walk by you. Yeah, I was recording uh, Only Human, that band that played it uh, a few times, you know? Yeah. So, And I'm back recording them next Thursday, too. So they, they've done, like, uh, I think, like, seven albums now with me. So they're just, they're flying. Yeah, seven. Well, how many yeah. are you up to? Getting Creeping up to, like... 200 now? <laughs> the first 30 don't count. It's just a drunken, garbly group. Hey, the first 30, that's when you really cut your teeth. Right. Um, yeah. No, it was on one of those little palm top recording little studios you can put on your belt. So he's using like <laughs> drum tracks off of that and just extremely uh, drunk on black label beer. So the first 30 don't count. <laughs> hey but no that was i'm up a, a staple right there that's the <laughs> well back then black label was like 450 for a six pack yeah <laughs> the bottom, bottom of the barrel and uh yeah no tax in alberta right like five percent so it's good stuff but no i'm at uh 193 now 193 yeah. that it still blows my mind, even though that I know it's true, but it is one. <laughs> it's one of those things that it was like. <laughs> just rolling out the door. <laughs> That's my rider. I'm done. That's it. I didn't no get green any, M&Ms. I didn't get any moist hot towelettes. <laughs> No, so. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, no, no, J- Jordan. Uh, when he when you first asked him to play on some of your stuff that you were doing, he and, asked me. He asked me. Wow. Yeah. He, he, I, either I way, wanted, I wanted him to, but I was too, you know, too cool. So he knew that he needed to ask me. No, no, no. he he's think, always forward like that. So he has. Yeah, no. I think he just wanted to jam and then it was more or less like, let's do some stuff. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so. Well, it was such a nice, refreshing thing to see like somebody really taking so much Roots 90s and doing it like faithfully and not like a, a hack kind of recreation kind of way. Like we're yeah, both very 90s babies where we were in the thick of it in the grunge right. era and the alternative radio re- revolution and stuff right. like that was that was our time you know so when i started hearing some of your tracks i just i fell in love with your music because it was yeah, so really, hear that really speaks to our, our uh genre that's funny i think it's just that i've never grown out of it <laughs> expanded and then when I hear the jazz quartet and all you guys uh, 
you know, that really opened my mind a little bit more, but I still, I still listen, you know, to back and the old, like I still where I'm at in my mind, you know, I, I haven't evolved out of it too much, but it's just my comfort zone, you know? So but I forget. You do, you do a lot with, with it. You know, you take a lot of that kind of, uh, the, the pop framework right and, and you do take it for a walk i mean I, yeah. there's all kinds of great like the papaya song i love that one and yes. booty is so catchy and so simple but it's right. just like i don't know it, it, it's it's not aiming to be a comedy band quite like flight of the concords but it's right. like music if it's funny it's funny if it's not, right. it's not, it just kind of, you go with whatever. There's a very honest pouring out right into the, the composition that you seem to do that really inspires me, you know? like Right, yeah, I hear you, man. I think it, the funny thing about the funnier songs um, is that they seem to click and resonate better. And I don't know if maybe I'm just more of a comedic writer than, because, you know, the other songs that people seem to pick up on are the ones that are actually put some time into the lyrics and they seem to resonate more on that. This other garbly group I'm singing, you know, but, but when it comes to the, to the, the, the comedy type songs, people are laughing and they just seem to pick up on it more. So that's why there's always a few chucklers in every album. There's a, there's a funny one in there just to kind of <laughs> lighten up the mood, like papaya, papaya. It's, you know, <laughs> I saw our friend Steph just carrying around these papayas and I'm like, okay, there's a song, you know, you gotta, <laughs> And then when you put the bowl whip crack in there, then that's, that's it. I think uh, I had Jeff Ball come in and do the uh, friggin' cello on that oh, song. So yeah. it got serious, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, what, what goes on in a, in a process like that? Like you're almost... Um, Sorry, one second. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What? It's like you have a factory. (laughs) You have a factory mass production mentality when it comes to your 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 music. You're you're always moving on and making the next thing and going. And what's impressive is that the quality never suffers. Like I'm Mm. always like okay, I got to work this and I got to be a perfectionist and everything. And it's not that your songs aren't perfect. Like they're so good. And I, you're, they're catchy and you know, everybody's humming them and they like have their favorites and everything. And there's always new music coming out. Like, how is it that you find this time? Is there something that you'll like pick up on and it's inspired or is it literally you just always have a time set aside to be like, it's work time and I'm going and I got to be musical and you do it. Like mm. how, how okay. do you do that? <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know where I begin and, and thanks for taking the reins here. Um, first of all, I'm a big fan of you and your knowledge and I've seen you play and there's just chords that I need to know. Oh, there's so much to learn from you. Mm. One of your, one of your recent songs, man, it's just, that's taking time on something like that's that song. I'm sorry. I don't have the name of it right now, 
on in the right now. Man, it's just like epic, epic. <laughs> and that's when you talk about taking time, you can really see it in a song like that, where I'm farting these songs out five a night, six <laughs> a night. And, uh, and uh, then I kind of dig through the pile and you pick out the good ones, right? So yeah, like you said, it's like a mass produced like system. But, uh, but I, first of all, I just wanted to, to thank you on you know, getting to know you and, and your whole world and your music writing too, because it's an inspiration as well. So, oh, gee, but everybody cool. else at the bar, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, everyone else at the bar, you know, I've talked to people, or sorry, even in Hamilton, uh, that, that they're a year into one song, you know, like they're putting, or, or I've recorded bands where it's taken a year and a half and I just, I probably don't have the patience and uh, I don't like waiting for Radiohead to come out with an album. So I just make, I make stuff that's tailored to me, I guess. And, uh, and as far as doing it, like I can't pick up an instrument without fiddling something and then I'm like, okay, there it is. So usually it will start with the guitar, maybe just sitting down. And then I'm like, <laughs> now I gotta go upstairs and then that'll turn into an album. And usually I'll make the album cover first as a visual to look at and then I have it there just I'm looking at the visual of, of but it never works out man like uh, I think two albums ago I'm like hey, I'm gonna make the most depressing the most depressing album I'm like like you know uh, <laughs> John Stevens like the most like even more depressing Elliot Smith and then it came out like electro 90s like <laughs> dance right like the first two songs are like super depressing then out of nowhere it's like aqua happening it's like, yeah so it always changes but uh but generally i will do an album in two days so uh it'll just be i'll feel the wind and i can just kind of feel that extra wind behind my back and then i'm like hey, it's time and then it'll be usually about two or three days and then i'll just rifle through it and it is what it is that's that's all that's the best i can explain the process <laughs> you know yeah i'm sorry <laughs> it is that's about it. what it is yeah that's no but that's that's really impressive because i think it's know, boredom well okay there's that but yeah. you're you've done it so many times that you yourself are just this well-oiled machine for music. Mm. You've been doing it consistently since what, like two thousand? Yeah, I got the first Palm Top recorder, Zoom. So I started the solo ones two thousand and one, and then I just started collecting better gear as the years went along, better uh, plugins, all that stuff. And uh, but before that. We were, we were singing for the school in like grade four. So we were making up songs. We were called Alto and the Toe Jams was our band. <laughs> and, Is uh, that a, uh, a reference to the classic Sega game? No. Jam and Earl? <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's some of that we were, amazing music. Yeah, our whole school was like music mandatory. So you had to learn piano, you had to learn xylophone, you had to learn recorder, and you had to sing, and you were graded on it. I thought all schools did that, but it was really cool. And then by grade three, I'm with two other guys with a giant choir behind our back and we're soloists and we're, we're traveling to Jasper Park Lodge 
the parliament building. We had like a tape made of us. So playing in front of large crowds and kind of being involved in music was a big thing from the beginning. Both my parents played piano and guitar. It was around my grandpa. He used to have the whole room gathered around him. He'd be playing, you know, uh, all the old country hits and stuff. So it was always kind of around me. But it wasn't until uh, I started convincing elementaries and junior highs to give us a room. I don't know how a full grade four-year-old kid gets a key to room six. <laughs> That's such a zyless story. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I'm like 10 years old. I convinced the principal to give yeah. me my own room with yeah, a cool well, dispenser. In our junior... <laughs> In our junior high, I convinced them to give us this like cage room above the uh, the uh, gym gymnastic area, and in there was the entire bulk of instruments from the old music program because they didn't have it anymore. And of course, we started racing out the, the serial numbers and selling them all. And then I'm like, okay, wait, let's just wait. And we actually revived the music program in that school just because just showing, doing concerts every lunch and, and doing that, they, the principal actually revived the music program with those instruments. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, but yeah, I know I've always been making shows, having fun. And, and it's just, I enjoy music. It's a form of expression. You know what I mean? So it has a message and, uh, and I couldn't imagine life without it, to be honest. I'm, I'm addicted. Oh, <laughs> I, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's an impressive backlog. I think there's there's so many albums that you've shown me that just so effortlessly jump genres. Like you do, you you go back and you do a lot of experimenting with certain sounds, or you're like, I really liked this song, so I made an album kind of as an answer to it or whatever. And it's like, you're, you've done so much uh, experimenting with your, your compositional kind of muscles, which mm. I think is a really important thing. Cause you're, you, there's no boundary to what you'll do. If it, if it comes up as like, I'll just give it a try. And you mm. give it those couple days and you, you, you focus on it and you get it out. Yeah. And that's that in itself is like a really good and inspirational thing because when you come back, you know, like you're only building up on top of what you've already done. So every song that you're writing after the fact, even if it's not that same style, like mm -hmm. you're still learning all kinds of tricks and stuff from it. Like I want to open that brain and see what's yeah. going around in there, man. Like it's a lot of screams. <laughs> The music probably gives me a break uh, from the stream. So yeah, I know like any spare time that I have, I'll be recording for sure. You know, if somebody goes out to the grocery store, fart a couple out real quick, you know, and then, uh, and I think down the road, I can kind of pick from all of these and, and pick some good ones out and then really spend some serious time. So there's got to be a few nuggets and 2,500-ish songs there. So Yeah, you know. for sure. And so and that, in its, that in itself, it's, it's because it's fun, man. I do it because it's fun, you know? It's if it turns into a job that. one day, it might not be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I get that. So, yeah. I'm addicted to fun, Dan. I get that, and, too. <laughs> and, and I like thrills. 
thrills, not the soap gum. Yeah. Oh, that's such an Alberta thing to say. What? <laughs> I like the soap gum. <laughs> the what? The thrills. The soap oh, gum. Yes. You remember yes, that yes. shit? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Alberta. I'm finally talking up to everybody here's level in their rhythm. That's so funny because I never thought of that until you brought it up. And yeah. you're like, well, you guys talk differently here. Like, no, we don't. Oh, big time. <laughs> when I got here, you know, we talk like this. Or you'll see a lot of people in Alberta, they go, well, uh, <laughs> that's the case. Because it's like cows, straight land. You got to take it easy. Like we, we got to, you got to, it takes us some time to think, we think about what we're saying out there. I still, I still talk as though I live there, which is pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's been fun. I'm, I can't say how thankful I am that you like crash landed here and, and just like brightened up all our lives with your silliness. Like I just, there, there's so much uh, of performance into the simplest things that you do, which I like hearing all that stuff about how you spent all those early years being in performance. Like you've been tailor made mm. to be a performer and to do these things. And you're very deliberate in a lot of, um, like even the body language that you would do when you're like just putting on a little thing and you're always, you're Mr. Shown. I, I really always loved that about about you because every time we were hanging out, even the simplest story, you would have me in stitches. Yeah. And I think that's um, just another awesome facet of your songwriting because there's the performance, the deliberation, and the storytelling that comes through in a lot of these things. Like, mm -hmm. from a lyrical standpoint, I don't know the stories behind all of your songs, but they draw me in. Mm. And it's such an important thing as a listener to feel like, like there's a story playing out. You can see the budget nineties gin blossom style music video that would be playing to this song. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there'd be a lengthy yeah. story and it's never hitting you over the head with anything too much, but like there's something there and there's, and there's a depth to what you're saying and the stories you're telling with your music and stuff. And I think that's a really hard thing to nail because a lot of people are kind of like, ah, like they're closed up about it. But you seem to have found a really good way of being open just enough to have, to give something to, to latch onto, mm -hmm. but still being able to be like, yeah, you know, I'm a private dude and I, I do this and here's my music and, think whatever you want of it. Yeah, no, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what happens after it's gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a song in the bar, uh, the song I played and, and it just did not fly and I stopped kind of pushing it out there, but but I did not care about what people thought, you know, or what, like I'm just in the zone when I'm doing it. it sometimes it gets me in trouble. But, <laughs> <laughs> like I have albums that are, that do not have my name on them just because. <laughs> Yeah, like they will never have my name. <laughs> but it's like that fun. But backing up, uh, 
being a performer. I just like to make people laugh. There's nothing wrong with spreading joy. And so I'm also addicted to laughter and I just, I just like making people laugh around me and stuff, you know? So that's just touching on what you said before. But uh, as for the lyrics, when you're pumping a bunch of, of deer turds out like that at night, <laughs> a lot of the song, hey, some of those turds are nice turds. There, there's a whole the nugget in those turds. <laughs> one, one every hundred songs, probably. But uh, I will get fictional. So I'll just, you know, and I've been in trouble in past relationships. Like, who's this about? You know, who are you singing about? And I'm just like, people need love songs, you know, or, or I'll get a lot of who's this about or what does this mean? And, and it's unfortunate to a lot of some people when they find out that it's just a fictional story. Um, sorry, it's not about you. <laughs> but, uh, but a lot of the times in the people I've met in Hamilton, I will base a song. I mean, I did what? Seven Bryce songs. Yeah. <laughs> so and they were clear bangers. Clearly about fuck. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> ran out of Bryce topics. Well, there's a few that I heard, but I'm not going there. I'm just yeah. not doing it. That's but, okay. uh, but a lot of times I will think, okay, what will this person like? And that's a good inspiration. So, for instance, when people would come in in the Hamilton scene and I could play it, I'd almost see, I would write it for them, but not tell them, you know what I mean, and see their reaction. So there are times where I'll tailor things for people. And even like, man, for Tommy, like <laughs> there's like 20 songs that I'm talking to Tommy and he just does, probably doesn't know. You know? So, <laughs> yeah, it's for you, Tommy. But uh, so yeah, there's inspiration in everything. I remember being a kid and, and on the news, they said, you know, genetically altered uh, food. And I went right downstairs and you couldn't do the song today, it was genetically altered girl was a song I wrote. <laughs> today I'd probably get in trouble, but I still like that song to this day. But anything is inspiring. Life is an inspiration, you know? Like, I don't find it hard to find inspiration in anything. You know, like if you just look at anything on the table and just go for it, I don't know. Maybe there's, I got dropped in my head in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I the fourth stare. I often wonder the same thing about myself. Right. I feel like my brain works in such weird ways. Yeah. That I'm like going through life normally and people are just looking at me aghast. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I've never heard that before. Like wonderful time. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> we were both like cats where you see cats, sometimes they have zero fear. Sometimes they do, but that kind of weirds me out because you'll see cats do stuff there's zero fear, but then there'll be a scaredy cat, you know, yeah. and they'll run away from a noise, but then you see them doing like, you know, jump off. Or something. Sure. So we're both, we both got a little bit of cat in us. I think so. Yeah. I can sleep anywhere. Yeah. I'll sleep on like, like a, like those couch cushions, like size chairs. I've curled up. Yeah. I'm just taking a full nap on one of those. And I've heard people, you get that ear thing going when you're still kind of asleep and people are like, is he seriously fucking asleep? Like, I don't know. I can sleep anywhere. Get you 20 bucks. You tell me to sleep somewhere, I'll fucking go sleep there. I remember <laughs> drinking almost two, two sixes of Jack. I don't do it all the time. It was over a whole day. But when I went past, <laughs> when I went and passed out in the corner, I could hear people saying, I think he's dead. 
<laughs> I think he's dead. I, he, I've never seen anybody drink two two sixes before. I think that guy's dead. And the weirdest thing is, they didn't let me sleep, and I'd gone back into some weird sober state, and I was fine. Like, I just came out on the other side, super, just like zeroed out. It was the weirdest thing, man. Just um, tranced your way through it. Yeah. Here I am telling people I drank fifty ounces of liquor. That's nice. <laughs> Let's get, let's get Owen on. Owen. Owen. Let's like freeway, freeway that Just pop him up. <laughs> <laughs> he shreds, eh? Owen. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised, but also not. It was more no. because I'd never seen him play guitar for, for the first couple of years that I knew him. Yeah. And it's always just such a surprise when someone picks it up and they're just like, <laughs> and then like Scott, I think Scott uh, McIntosh from from the Beelays there. He he was telling me that in high school they were like the guitar buddies that would try and one up each other and keep pushing each other. And Scott would try and learn this shit, and then Owen would come out with something even crazier, and Scott would be like, "Fuck!" And then it was years <laughs> later. Owen told him that he was getting all this stuff from like a website. <laughs> so, like, really. <laughs> and he never told Scott, so he's basically cheating. <laughs> no. But it pushed Scott further because he had to figure out what Owen was doing and find out how to talk. Mm. <laughs> we got a good group of friends, man. Knowing him, he just said that. Oh, he just like didn't want to make him feel bad. Like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So uh, the stint with the meat bags, that was a wonderful collaboration between you and two of the boys from the Beelays, Tommy and, uh, and Jordan on drums. Um, when we had Bruder, Bruder did a few stuff too. That's right. Bruder was playing keys as well. And we so did that jazz you, night. Oh, that was, yeah. I loved that jazz album we did. So hilarious. when you stepped into that, that role of like, now your 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 guys are coming from your band, the Belays. It's already a thing, and I like your music, and I'm gonna play some stuff with you. Did you find that you were like, like was this one of your first situations where you basically had your your session guys, and you kind of had to call the shots a little bit, or were you kind of like, I know what I want, and they'll do whatever I need them to do and this will be fine. Like, did you find there was a bit of apprehension stepping into that? Yeah. Hole? No, like, uh, this is how it went, man. We went over to Jordan's and I said, guys, the number one thing here is just to have fun. I'm not stepping on any other band's toes. Let's just have fun. The songs are already there. I'd show them and I said, I don't even care what you do. Like, <laughs> and maybe like, I'm not even kidding because Jordan is so fluid and just picks up on what's going on. All you guys. And maybe there was like one song where I was like, the snare's tripping me out. I'm talking like of like 50 we played. Maybe one song I was like, that snare's just tripping me out right there. Other than that, I just said, let's just have some fun. And we play the songs because it's, it's easy because I just play them and then they play along. And, uh, and then Tommy and then they can do basically whatever they want. And because we're just having fun and then we, you know, a lot of the times we would, we would go practice for an hour a week before 
you know, and then play it the week after. So the whole thing was, was, was basically just about good vibes and uh, let's jam. You know, It was fun to kind of do the heavier stuff because it was definitely more 90s kind of grunge. And I think yeah. that they enjoyed that maybe because it was a little out of the norm for them. So they probably had a little bit of fun. And then I think all of them together, we probably did about six or seven CDs. So, I mean, Jordan, like, I mean, <laughs> when I drum, it's like, I don't even tell people, right? So when he's drumming on there, it's just like golden juiciness, you know, like yeah. it's just, I don't like the guy just knows, like he just. It's the force of nature. As man, we did this, uh, before I moved out here, we did this one uh, called Ship Rap. Man, he just like was just, it was wild. Like <laughs> I, I think the song's called Ship Rat on my band camp. But I remember after he was done the track, I looked at him and I'm just like, dude, right? And he was just like, <laughs> I know. And I was just like, dude, like he just like ripped it on that track. It's just, he's so good. They're all good. All you guys, you know, like even just having Bruder come and do his crazy stuff and Tommy, you know, it's just, it's just fluid. All that mm-hmm. is great. Such a honor to be able to play and know all you guys for sure. You know? Yeah. Oh, so I mean, the honor goes both ways, man. I mean, I'm just a Ukrainian man. Hey, <laughs> I'm I'm tr- uh, genetically connected to an original Slovak slugger. There we go. <laughs> you remind me of like old school Civil War, like Dan. Yeah. You know, like I love it. It's like you're a general in the, the north. men of the Ninth Bearded Infantry were sunning and it. fluffing their beards in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Rhode Island. Yeah. Terrible accent. Whoa. We gotta. <laughs> he's he's out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna be out first. I five told you no through. babies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> People do what? that, man. We're gonna, you know, they just hand me their babies, and I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't you do it. I would never throw a baby at you. I think you did, man. I think you just gave me a baby. I didn't give... I was like, do you want to hold him? I wasn't like, take this baby. Like, you have to <laughs> throw a baby and trust balls. Here we go. I can't remember. That was a while ago. I, it was funny. I was, I was looking at pictures from like his first week after being born when I was still like oh god like i didn't know what to do i was terrified holding that kid really and you can see like you know i'm like huh. or like he's sitting and i'm like <laughs> like holding him for pictures and i've got like my hand in front of him and he's just like kind of punched over like <laughs> now now I, I just like throw him around and shit it gets easier but Hold him by his legs. Yeah. He'd like Way it. too casual. <laughs> so, uh, where do you want to direct some eyes and ears? Like, you've got a band camp, you said? That's the best place, yeah. Bandcamp, Zyla.bandcamp.com. Uh, Zyla, you know, Reverb Nation at NicholasZyla.com is an old gig, but there's a lot of older stuff in there. The problem is, is I've got so much content to get out and I need to learn how to get it out the right way. So if I were to put anything out there is I need help with that. 
I contact me and help yeah, me, and I will. I will give you, uh, absolutely, I will. You, you know, <laughs> I'm about you. I'm talking about everybody else. I mean, <laughs> but no, Bandcamp's a good place because that helps one out pretty good. And and then basically, I've been pumping stuff on you know the streaming sites, but that's about all the knowledge I know. I can pump out the music. I just don't have the marketing skills. And that's a whole other game. And if I'm writing music all day, so maybe I stop at 200 and then I just try to get <laughs> And then we go back and we work out a marketing plan. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you were able to kind of peg people down and be like, focus in on what they would like and get these things down. That's all yeah. marketing is. Right. Like finding a way to target who would like this and kind of instead of like the other way around. Because you've right, got this right. stuff, it's very good, it speaks to people, um, it's it's deliberate, there's storytelling, and people like it and, and it's catchy to boot. So I think the biggest thing is just going back and being like even even by album, there's like you could pick like one or two like values or ways to target people and then boom that's off on its way and then another album is selling to a completely different subset of people and you can right. just own the market <laughs> just because you've written so much different music yeah and like could also use a lot of them and just sell them as, as ideas like there's, there's a large volume i need to do something with so but i mean i thank everyone for listening and, and the feedback is great you know oh. Yeah, you're you're a babe, a babe among babs. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's gonna mean something. If you say Something's it with enough convention, then anybody yeah. will believe it. I'm just like, yeah, man, that's what I said. Like, oh, sorry, I thought you said something else. Dan said I was a babe, so must be true. You get the babe steal for hundred. 185 pound Ukrainian, probably 190. 190? Yeah. 190 pound pierogi. Captain Kilbasa King. <laughs> the, the greasiest. I, I greased my way out of Edmonton because it was so greasy that I slid <laughs> through the prairies and now I'm down here. They tried to grab you, but you slid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stood on top of uh, the mountain in Jasper and it was so greasy I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> Three toned. Um, all right. Before before you get to escape, I want to hear what was your most influential live concert that you went to. Oh man. Ah. Man, you know, I've been to so many. Um lots I can't remember. Um and that's not really good because you're wasting your money when you're uh, having a party, a ball like that. You know what? I I really wasn't given enough time to think about this, but I will say uh, last summer I went to go see Beck at the Budweiser and I've never been there before. Not a fan of getting out of that venue when everybody's leaving. Oh, it's a but, shit show. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows that except for me at the time. <laughs> but um, that was like, that was wild. Like, I've never been claustrophobic like that before. Honestly, I went to go see Beck. 
and I didn't know much about Cage the Elephant. And you know, you only hear the radio songs and stuff. And actually, they're not bad, they're radio songs. Yeah. I remember hearing Cake, like, he's going the distance on much music. And I was like, these guys suck. And it was all over the radio. <laughs> Every other Cake song I love, except <laughs> for that radio song. So radio just, like, can destroy your perception. You know, the whole concept yeah. of somebody. Man, these guys, I don't know what it was, but that was, for me, I'm still processing that show. It was like they were, that band, I, it was, I was blown away. I was sitting in my seat and with my mouth open. Like, this guy was the best front man I've ever seen, ever. Like, he had, I'm sorry I don't know his name that I'm talking so uh, much about it, but, but uh, I used to know it, but he had, like, 30 layers on like four different masks, like must have had, you know, at least 10 layers. And every song he's peeling off a different expression, a different, like it would come off and then he was like the Phantom of the Opera. And this guy was the best, best front man I've ever seen. And not only that, he's like amazing singer and the band was like dead on. And I just, I couldn't believe what I had just watched. And they went well over their time. Like not only were they like super late, to get on we're talking probably like 25 30 minutes late oh. they went like beck only played for like 25 minutes oh. like beck spent oh. beck spent 10 minutes apologizing that his set because he was the the headliner right yeah yeah so uh so they just they just rocked it man i i was absolutely blown away and then i started to dig into their older stuff and you, you're starting to listen to some type of like in utero style, like Nirvana Ooh. style songs. I wish I knew the album. It's one of their, their earlier ones. And then I'm like, wow, like I would have been completely into them if I knew, you know, what their kind of music was like. So yeah, I have to say that was one of the better concerts. I can't think of everything. Like, you know, there's stage 13 out in Edmonton where the stage fell and killed a bunch of people. That was a weird experience. And they had a outdoor camping area and these people started building a structure on their own, a two story oh, structure. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going in that fell down. People died. So that was, you know, not influential, but that was a concert that I remember people like urinating into super soakers and spraying them everywhere like that. That's Alberta style, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a concert that I do remember, but, but no, like, I wish I had more time to think about that, but right now that Cage the Elephant is fresh in my mind, and I'm telling you that I've never seen a performance from a from a, a lead guy like that. Like he he went onto the crowd after Cage the Elephant, and he was like way out in the back, running around in the crowd, crowd surfing, like insane energy, and it was quite an experience. So yeah, I'd have to say Cage the Elephant for sure, which was surprising because that's not who I went to go see, and I think. Spoon was playing too. I don't know. They got a few songs. <laughs> I hope they never watch this. <laughs> Edit that. That's, that says something when, and you're a huge Beck fan, but you're like, I went to go see Only. Beck and this other band somehow stole the show. That's, that says something. I got videos, man. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if like you could get, weed here in Canada easier or something because I went to go look at some of their other performances and there's something about that night. The sun was setting and it was just the right mood for everything. You know what I mean? It was just, I have video of it. I got to show you, man. This guy's, 
I think I may have did, I might have showed you. I saw one or two of the videos, and he the, yeah. the costume he was wearing looked fucking Dude. terrifying and weird. Like, his brother was just wearing like a like a two piece Adidas tracksuit. Like it was just the one guy's back was out, so he was just sitting on his amp the whole time because like, he couldn't <laughs> move around. And I thought that was like his thing, but his back was out, and they have like a keyboard player. And like it's just they're they're a phenomenal band. Sorry, I can't say enough. I really can't. Wow, that's a, a glowing Z stamp of approval there. Yeah, <laughs> got that, a little excited. That always stuck with me when you told me that story. Actually, just be, be well because of a lot of things, but because it was just like for a band to come out and just like kill it so hard and have everything fall in the right place like mm -hmm. you know that in terms of like the performance and everything that's one of those like legendary shows you know maybe they'll there'll be like 20 years from now somebody writes an article about it it's like were you yeah because it was I, cool. I don't know if it was just me I, I don't know and like for him to be thrashing around like that and to know what it's like and sing for that long I that's some uh some some special powers he had there. <laughs> some next level shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you you yourself are, I would say, an, an inspiration to the songwriting process. Uh, and, and that was a big reason why I wanted to, to have you on and chat, just to talk about the, the, the sheer volume of, of your work. And, you know, I know you would probably disagree, but the quality matches the quantity. Right. Know? And it's, and you, you put so much effort into just making, making music, making as much of yourself get out there as possible while still maintaining a level of quality. And even though you're doing it for yourself, like you said, you're like, I love music. I'm addicted to making music, addicted to fun. Yeah. Want it. But you also have that tenet of like, I want to spread joy. And yeah. I want people to feel good. And I feel like that really comes out in the music. And it, it, it really makes me happy. Like every time I see there's more Xylem music out there to be had, like mm. it just, it warms me up. And that, like, thank you for one. And thank you for being here today to chat that's two and uh three when you're in town next week you should stop by i'll text you my address and we can socially distance and have a whiskey play with that micro cord it's yours man it's yours <laughs> Just, you gotta come and get it and then we'll have a couple drinks and that's how we'll get you I'm missing my old one, man. I, I just posted a winter sleep song called Waves that I really like, and there it is in the background. It's still like an industry standard. It's just a, a great filler, you know? And I, I hope I... I wish I could have more, uh, spoke more to the knowledge of songwriting today. I know it's very vague that I just pick up an instrument and, and just kind of go, but that's just the way it is. It's just... But that's, that's also yeah. a large subset of people who make music. Yeah. Like you don't, it's not necessary that you know everything before you start. You have to launch mm -hmm. imperfectly. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that's why you're such a testament to the writing process and being a musician because you wanted to do it and you did it. 
Mm-hmm. You made the music. And people liked it, you know? Yeah, and like, was just music cool. is powerful. Music is, is such a powerful tool and a, and a great thing. And, and if, in, if anything ever did happen, um, I would gladly give more than 90% of it back to communities. And, and uh, that's my goal is, you know, I was thinking the other day, what's the, what's the meaning of life? And I was like, you know what, it's, it's to leave this place better than you found it and to help everybody around you. You know what I mean? So if anything ever did happen with a music career, I would give it all back because... I've had a big house, you know, I've, you don't need it. You know, I just need a little condo and it's, it's just, uh, that's the main goal, man, is, is just to help out, get people happy, get people laughing and try to have a good time and make the world a better place. That's all I can say. I love you, man. I love you too, man. <laughs> Can't the stop. Em- the, <laughs> the emperor himself. Nick Zyla, go check his stuff out on the Bandcamp, the old stuff <laughs> on the Reverb. I'll help post all the links when it comes out. Uh, Nick Zyla, thank you so much for giving me your time. Thank you. Queen wave as he rolls, rolls majestically away, as is tradition. There he goes. He's he's a handsome man. We will remain a handsome man. <laughs> oh, Christ. I love you. All right. I love you too, man. Take it easy, though. All right. Have a good night. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on today's episode, or if you'd like to expand your horizons so you can make the most amount of impact with your music, please be sure to check us out at mfile.ca.